Hey guys, it's Hope here with the Hopeful Spirit Podcast. The alternative wellness series is all about sharing information on practices, modalities, and therapies that will elevate your life. To grow our knowledge, I'll be having conversations with thought leaders, practitioners, and influencers as we journey together through a network of holistic health. Good morning. Thank you for having me, Hope. I'm really thrilled to be here. <laughs> I know. We, we were talking when you came in. It's been forever. Yeah. You know, Yeah. Uh, pandemic's put a lot of things on hold, and I'm glad things are finally starting to come back together. Yeah, me es- too. Especially for our line of business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes, everybody, this is Charlene Fox. Good morning. She, um... She has a, her fingers in a few things that are uh, really interesting and helpful for the community and offering a lot of healing. Um, her, she has an Anahatsa school, which I'll let you elaborate a little bit more on these, but she also is with New Millennium or Millennium? New Millennium Project is my nonprofit. Is her mm-hmm. nonprofit. And... Um, First of all, I want to ask you, um, how how did you bring yourself to this kind of work? <laughs> or how did you get here? Wow. Well, that's a really big question. But actually, this, the answer to me is pretty simple. Um, when talking to my students, especially my uh, students that are... Um, uh, you know, wanting to use uh, healing modalities, uh, talk about the path that they find themselves on, or anybody, whether you're a healer, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a plumber, uh, there's usually three different possible ways that you might get onto that path. And one is because you see somebody that has something that you want. So maybe they have more money than you. Maybe they have a nicer car. Maybe they have better health. Maybe they're happier. But it's something that they imbue or something that you um, perceive that they have that you want. In other words, greed. (laughs) (laughs) We want what you've got. I want what you've got. Um, Another way that people seem to... Uh, get onto any path, especially a healing path, if you will, um, is they're not well, (laughs) that they don't feel good, that, um, you know, whether it's mental, physical, or uh, spiritual, uh, where they feel this uh, disengagement or uh, an imbalance or whatever, Uh, They come to a point where they're sick and tired of being sick and tired. So they're on a quest uh, to find a way to heal themselves or to feel better. And then the third way, Mm -hmm. in my estimation, is divine intervention. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So many moons ago, when I first was introduced to kundalini yoga, that was the first thing. Um... That was a while back. Mm-hmm. It was over 30 years ago. And I was just uh, invited uh, by a personal friend to um, come to the ashram and take a class. 
And I was in outside corporate sales at the time, so there can be a lot of stress with that. I was basically operating in a male-dominated um, world with that. And so there's stress with that, but I was going to the gym and exercising a lot, so I was taking care of myself. But I thought, oh, you know, that might be nice to uh, go to a yoga class and it would be great for my stress and, you know, I can stretch and I can balance out, you know, the weight training that I'm doing. And so that was, that was my intro. Mm -hmm. And so um, uh, my first uh, experience, well, my first experience with yoga before that was uh, a Hatha yoga class that was right out of college. And then uh, this would have been, I don't know, maybe nine years later or something like that, that I was invited to this class at the ashram here in Houston uh, for a Kundalini yoga class. Well, the first experience I had with that class was an experience in my body that I'd never had before. And in this particular exercise that we were doing was something called Breath of Fire. Mm -hmm. I literally felt energy move down from my, through my crown center, out through my, I guess, heart center, probably, is what happened. And then out through my arms and through my fingertips, because I had my arms extended with my four fingers pointed, mm -hmm. uh, interlaced and pointed forward. And I literally felt electricity, I don't know how else to explain it, that moved down through me and out through my fingertips. And I'm going, wow, this is really cool. <laughs> I mean, that was my big awakening. Wow, this is really cool. <laughs> and um, from that point on, I was hooked. I just wanted some more of that experience. And so it's like, wow, you know, um, I, I wasn't really into uh, the drug scene and I didn't really drink because I was really into health. Mm. And, um, you know, I thought, well, wow, this is a way that I can have this altered state of experience without really messing with my brain and staying clear. And so that started my quest. And it was purely, this feels good, I want to do some more. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> purely, that's it. So uh, fast forward a little bit further down the road, and um, I had some challenges within the family unit. And, um, you know, a partic the particular challenge that I had was with, with somebody outside that was influencing some things and it was really messing with me um, emotionally it was messing with my head and so I went to somebody that I knew at the ashram and I said listen I said is there a way that I can use meditation to help me with this and so that's when I started exploring a little bit deeper is how meditation could help me to clear my mind to um, slow down, soften, and even eliminate, especially eliminate negative thoughts, and to re to relax myself, to relax my beingness, to uh, basically just to control. I don't want to say to feel emotionless. It wasn't anything like that, but I didn't want to be out of control. And so I began to meditate regularly, and of course I was doing my yoga regularly, and it really helped me. 
right around that time, um, somebody that uh, lived at the ashram who had been teaching already themselves for probably 10 years or more um, suggested that I needed to teach. And for some reason I said, okay. <laughs> it never dawned on me before that time to teach mm -hmm. ever mm -hmm. anything. Um, but I didn't resist and I, I just accepted that invitation. And so they gave me a class that they didn't want to do because it was out in my in my neck of the woods mm. and it was more than they wanted to drive. And so my very first yoga class was at Houston Community College with 30 students. Oh wow. That was my first class. Yeah. First. Yeah. <laughs> um but that's when it all started. When I took on the responsibility of being a teacher, I mean, I didn't know this. You know, I wasn't putting this together. It's like, well, I must be really ready to teach or whatever. I didn't put any kind of labels on myself around what occurred after that, which is I took great responsibility in what I was sharing with my students. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't want to, you know, just put creepy crap out there yeah. and not know what I was talking about. So, I mean, I would literally, like, start working on a class I was going to teach for two weeks before, <laughs> you know, looking, you know, trying to, I mean, making sure that I could do everything that I was going to take them through. I never taught people anything that I couldn't do or wouldn't do myself. And so that's when the next stage began. And that's really the longer stage mm -hmm. because I still feel like I'm doing that mm -hmm. is exploring and learning. And so in the early days, it was really I was looking for um, kind of metaphysical answers, you know, around this, uh, some of the experiences that I that I would have or just you know, the the things that I started getting curious about. I don't know where the questions came from. In my in my experience, it was difficult to just stay in one arena, one specialty. Mm -hmm. And so um, I really took all the other trainings that I've taken because of my own personal curiosity. But little by little, I would see, well, this is really additive to what I'm doing, and it just mm. makes me better at what I'm doing. So um, so that, that started that, maybe a little more practical side of healing, you mm. know, with massage. And, um, you know, then, you know, one thing led to another thing. And all of this is really, like, tr it, it's triggered by me wanting to be a better uh, teacher to my students and mm -hmm. to be able to offer them more mm -hmm. and to find more for myself to explore because I'm like you. Mm -hmm. I get bored just hanging out here mm -hmm. in this, you know, in a, in a particular space, mm -hmm. you know, all the time. I want to do different things. And so throughout the 90s, um, you know, I really um, went off, uh, doing a lot of uh, different things, I would say that that started um, more um, 
you know, more exploration. And that in, it, in itself, the exploration caused me to go deeper. Um, I am not a, uh, what you would call or what I would call a traditional uh, yoga teacher. I haven't taken the traditional path, let's put it that way. Mm. Um, until last year, when I was tired of sitting in my house behind a mm -hmm. camera, um, I had not taught at a yoga studio. Mm. All of my classes have been, um, I got really creative way back when. I was teaching at the at uh, community centers. Mm -hmm. I was teaching at uh, country clubs. I was teaching at, uh, I owned a business for a while that I worked with apartment multifamily housing. And so I'd strike a deal with them mm -hmm. for me to have free space at the clubhouse. Mm -hmm. They could let their tenants come for free, but I could bring all my students. Oh, and okay. so I'd have these beautiful spaces, and I didn't have any expense. Yeah. So I did, I, that was all part of this whole big scene that I was creating for myself. Mm -hmm. And then the corporate stuff started happening. And so I was doing a lot of corporate um, yoga which um, with Kundalini Yoga could have been a challenge, but I made it work for me. And that was where I really began to explore how to marry the East and the West. Okay. That's and it really has to do with language. Mm -hmm. And it has to do with not being intimidated by stepping out of the woo-woo world mm -hmm. and inviting other people into it. Because this is what I've always known, is people need yoga. They need meditation. They need to learn how to use their breath. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of what you would consider normal people just walking around are on anti-anxiety, anti-depressant, um, you know, taking medications for insomnia, for all these things that in my world, anyway, I would call that, refer to that as psychosomatic dis-ease. Mm -hmm. And so it can be, most of that can be at least eased. Mm -hmm. And so I had, I felt like I had really good success in the corporate world. So I felt like um, I, well, they were paying me. So they were inviting me in. I wasn't sneaking in the back door. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they knew what I was doing, and I um, accommodated my yoga in the way that I taught my yoga style uh, to meet the needs of, of people that I was coming in contact with. Mm -hmm. And that's really where my you know, connections with individuals came where at some point in time in the late 90s that I actually brought it into my home studio. And I had the students to do that with. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so. So so what are you doing now? <laughs> <laughs> Starting all over again? <laughs> I seem to have done that many times and, uh, you know, this experience of mine. And, um 
So I'm a, a Reiki master, as you probably already know, and I teach, I've been teaching Reiki for 25 years now. I can't believe it, um, 25 years uh, in April. And, um, you know, the interesting thing is that while the, while technology has given us and social media has offered us more opportunities to get creative with our teaching and to reach a wider audience. Um, it's also created a challenge for people like me that feel like I'm catching up after mm -hmm. a lifetime of tacking posters up at Whole Foods. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Where I would literally fill my classes with 12, 14, 15 people mm -hmm. by putting a piece of paper up on a corkboard mm -hmm. um, to now uh, being able to reach, having the ability to reach a wider audience, but finding that people are really niched or niched. Yes. Um, and so how do you find your little group? Mm -hmm. And as, you know, maybe an old dog that has you know, um, found myself not as agile, uh, trying new tricks. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that. I'm not unwilling. Right. <laughs> I'm right. just not as agile as I used to be. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how else to describe that, but it's a challenge. So I'm, I'm, I've been exploring that for the last mm -hmm. couple of years and, you know, wondering if there's a new way for me to redefine you know, myself and what I offer and how I offer it and mm -hmm. so on and so forth. So that's kind of a um, work in progress that the answer to that question mm -hmm. um, is, you know, finding, finding myself challenged and yet there's also an excitement around, okay, this is all new to me. Mm -hmm. There's some stuff to learn. Uh, but hey, this is cool. You know, mm. this is, you know, some of this is kind of fun. You know? Yeah. Well, um, your voice is uh, getting out there with this podcast. That's one, one of my experiments. Um, I so appreciate that. Thank you. The, and I, I totally feel everything that you've gone through as far as the, the growth through the technology side of it. Um, I, I myself was very resistant in that and um, and that is because I am a, a therapist and I work one-to-one -one with with people and uh, that connection especially as energy workers mm -hmm. is is there um, uh, Wow you hit a whole bunch of stuff I want to ask you about um, do you find um, different audiences um well obviously you do but you say uh niched or niched out um through um these categories that social media and some of the technology has started to create and how to get out there and reach what who who do you feel is your audience like who do you feel like you're speaking to wow hmm well, I have a lot of massage therapists mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that are that that have come into my circle. So, 
you know, anymore when I do a yoga class, almost every one of them are Reiki masters now, mm. and they've gone all gone through my Reiki training. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that the um, trying to think. I think I think the yeah. I think they were doing yoga first, and then they came through the yoga teacher training. So you know, even some of them are are teachers themselves but Mm -hmm. they're not they don't teach for whatever reason they're massage therapists Mm -hmm. they see themselves as that first Mm -hmm. and um you know so they're still coming to classes but as far as who my potential audience i think it's the same as it always would be and can be is the everyday person out there who is stressed and in this environment, this environment that we we're all living in, we're all experiencing this at the same time. It's, it's the person maybe who doesn't know much about yoga. Maybe they know more than they would have 10 or 20 years ago because it's in the media now, Mm -hmm. but they don't know it by doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they're, the buzzword self-care is out there right now. Mm. So people are more willing to spend money on getting a massage and seeing it as a necessity and not a luxury anymore. Mm. I think that as people learn more about what yoga is and what yoga has to offer and meditation and mindfulness is another buzzword uh, that's being used a lot. Um, but to me, my best audience would people that don't know anything mm. about um, the more spiritual aspects of yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, that they know that they want something different for themselves in their experience of life. Mm-hmm. And they're ready. They're ready. Uh, they don't need to be talked into it. Mm. Um, so they may be exploring. Mm-hmm. Um, also, there are people um, that come to Kundalini Yoga after doing Hatha Yoga for a while. Mm. And so they're wanting uh, maybe the experience that Kundalini Yoga gives with the uh, breath work that we do, which is part of our normal practice. Um, and the meditations that we do I do not categorize as mindfulness uh, meditation. It's uh, active meditation. So we're doing uh, breath work. We're doing uh, uh, different um, types of focusing. Mm -hmm. And some of those can be really challenging. Mm -hmm. And even even holding specific postures Mm -hmm. while we're doing that meditation. Mm -hmm. Uh, Last year about this time i started a series of uh, 21 stages of meditation and that is a challenge even for the teacher Mm -hmm. uh, because the meditations are longer than what most people are doing in meditation and they're beyond mindfulness so they're actually the a lot of the meditations that we do are actively taking you through the emotions of anger, 
frustration, mm-hmm. the base emotions that we want to push up and get rid of it. Mm. And so, uh, yeah, you know, and some of my people that are in, you know, I've, I've, I've got a couple of people that have done a lot of advanced healing work, but they've never done Kundalini stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, even they mm-hmm. are having all this discharge of emotional stuff, but they keep coming back for mm-hmm. more. It's like, oh, I hope I didn't, you know, push too many buttons here. But it's like, it's like, yeah, what do you got for us next, you know? And so, um, let's see, what else did I do? I did, I did a bunch of series this past year because I was trying to yeah. uh, not only challenge my students, but challenge myself. Yeah. It's like, what can we do here to, you know, really um, push people's buttons and get them to move through some stuff? Yeah, I did a whole series on the chakras. I did a whole series on the spine, mm-hmm. um, each vertebrae. Mm-hmm. I mean, we worked on different segments of the spine mm-hmm. and worked through all that. Um, for the life of me, I can't remember what we did. We did a three-month series that I just finished, and I can't even remember what that was. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, I don't know if it's because there's so much that I'm working on or what, but well, maybe for, I'll think of it. Let me ask you a question, because um, we were talking about um, bringing Kundalini to the corporate world, mm-hmm. which in, in many words is just like to everyday people, too, because... Um, even in, and I don't teach as many of those concepts. I've touched a little bit on Kundalini stuff, but, um, what the language, what you're talking about, the language that you bring your teachings, Mm -hmm. um, through, I guess I call them baby stepping people. Mm -hmm. Um, but that can be very like daunting or, um, they hear something and they're just like, Oh, even like mantra. Mantra's got like a very like woo woo mm-hmm. uh, attachment to it, and people are afraid of that because of whatever culture, mm-hmm. religious reasons, whatever. But um, how do you feel? Um, how would you explain Kundalini to somebody that you just like? What's your elevator speech for okay. somebody who's asking, <laughs> "What is Kundalini"? <laughs> Well, kundalini yoga in and of itself actually embodies um, many yoga practices, if you will, or yogic practices, I should say. Um, I don't want to mislead people to think, oh, we got a little bit of this and a little bit of restorative and a little bit mm-hmm. of I anger. No, it's not that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm talking about the, the limbs of yoga. Uh, so there's several limbs and aspects of yoga practice that we bring in. But uh, Kundalini yoga is a practice that anybody can do if you breathe. <laughs> if you can sit. Mm-hmm. Um, that may be a drawback for some people, but we sit with a lot of our practice. Um, but if you can breathe, if you can sit you can practice kundalini yoga. Kundalini yoga is a a dynamic um, uh, practice in that there is movement and it coordinates movement with the breath. And so the breath is basically uh, powers Mm -hmm. uh, the movement of energy 
to move upward. That's the goal. Mm. So um, with mantra, when I was in front of a corporate group of people, I would ease them into it slowly because we do a lot of mantra or we can do a lot of mantra. I mean, I can eliminate it totally if I decide I want to do that. But as I'm introducing it to them, I tell them that mantra is not singing and it's not an invocation. We're not inviting any kind of entity in. What we're doing with mantra is that we are creating sound vibration that heals us from within. And by using our own voice, we have created what is referred to as a Pran Sutra. It's the sound that we were born with, the tone that we were born with. Mm -hmm. So our voice is our most effective healing mechanism. Mm -hmm. And so by using mantra, we're setting up that healing space within us but then we're also surrounded by other people that are creating an outward sound that we can mm -hmm. hear that mm -hmm. vibrates, um, you know, throughout this circle of space. And so it's a healing energy. It's a vi vibration. It's sound vibration. It's sacred sound. And I even, I, I don't go into the details, but I talk about how we're using the sounds of vowels, you know, to create or to set up this healing vibration, and then with the consonants, we basically seal it. But it's the it's the long sound of ah, ooh, oh, you know, that we're creating mm -hmm. this vibration that really resonates throughout the body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That helps. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was yeah, kind I of a long song. No, no, no. Pitch, but. no, no. I totally, I, and, and I only ask that because it, it can be like, there's so, there's so much over information, so much uh, over stimulation and people just blurting information that is not coming from source. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important um, as a seeker to find people who are rooted in that. Um, they're not just going on TikTok and scrolling through and finding the thing that is, you know, sounds cool. Mm -hmm. um, that you're actually, um, you've been studying it for many years and you not only doing the practice physically, but um, gaining knowledge, asking questions, you know, mm -hmm. trying to find who, who has the answers or where to find the answers. And, um, yeah, rooting out knowledge and, and truth and source mm -hmm. to me is like super important right now because it's, it's, it's very confusing for mm -hmm. people. And so the part of the reason why I want to do this podcast is because uh, reaching out on a, on a, on a worldwide um, spectrum um, for those truth seekers who, mm -hmm. who are like, I really don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand it the words that you're using don't make sense mm -hmm. um, or I can't understand them in my program yet. Right. But I'm willing to learn it, mm -hmm. you know? So I think that's important. Um, okay. Let's, let's talk about um, one of your other, your nonprofit. I think this is, mm -hmm. 
is because I have a lot of people that I know that are, are recovering um, military people who are, um, who, I, I, I don't know if it's just being in the, those branches or if it's life with being in the branches and, and suffering all that trauma. Mm -hmm. um, but could you talk a little bit about um, this, this uh, new millennium and um, maybe explain um, some of the benefits that you've seen through mm -hmm. some of the people that are coming through the program? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, my nonprofit is New Millennium Project, and we actually teamed up with another nonprofit called Vet Trip that's based in San Antonio. And so, what we discovered through uh, a common friend, if you will, a veteran that I met actually um, at a presentation I was doing at the American College of Acupuncture, or I guess it was in 2015, because that's when this all happened. And uh, she came up to me afterwards, and she said, you know, I graduated from here. She said, but I'm also a veteran. She said, there's somebody you need to meet. And so she hooked me up with the people in San Antonio. We discovered we were doing the same things. Mm. <laughs> like we had the same people. Like I already had a team of people. Mm -hmm. um, but we were delivering the, um, we were delivering the uh, modalities, if you will, the healing modalities, uh, in a different way, and quite frankly, they were uh, had been around a lot longer, and they had um, really spent a lot of time with all the military facilities that are in San Antonio, and uh, you know I don't know how it all occurred for them in the very beginning, but uh, they were delivering the same modalities but using a protocol. Okay. And the interesting part of this is the protocol that we use at vet in our vet trip um, presentations, if you will, um, was is based on a protocol developed by the military. Oh, wow! Think about that one yeah. for a moment. Yeah, and was actually um, developed at Fort Bliss here in Texas. Mm -hmm. And it was replicated at Fort Hood, and it was referred to as the Reset Program. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we have to remember us civilians. I'm not sure if you're a civilian or a veteran, but um, uh, that we civilians have to remember that the military is not the government. Mm -hmm. So where, where we come up, against a brick wall is usually with the government mm -hmm. and the military understands how effective mm -hmm. and so you know you know as I mentioned to you earlier before we started this conversation that um, you know the the Veterans Administration knows that this stuff works with many integrative medical interventions, which I consider all the things we do to be integrative, uh, that's what it is, um, that they've uh, given their seal of approval. Um, they've done the research on much of it and know that it works. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, this, you know, what some of these modalities were being used in different settings in the military 
had to come up with a protocol. Um, we expanded upon that. Um, and as we've gone in San Antonio, they've been able to do like kind of in, in working with the hospital, with the VA hospital and other hospitals mm -hmm. there, uh, their medical people, they've been able to kind of test us out to know that this works. Mm -hmm. And so our pro protocol is very specific. So just because you know a couple of massage therapists and you know a couple of energy workers doesn't mean that you're going to be able to put this together as effectively as we have. Mm -hmm. um, number one, I think, um, you know, is the environment that the person who's, you know, creating the space um, puts creates for their healers, if you will, mm -hmm. to feel safe themselves. Uh, but also there has to be boundaries. Um, so we do not use healing work that requires that they have a conversation back and forth with the veteran. Mm -hmm. They've got enough of that. Mm -hmm. They've had enough of talk therapy. Mm -hmm. And um, it also is, um, it's not helpful to what our goal is with these sessions. And so we deliver all the, mod all the modalities that we deliver are delivered together mm -hmm. using several providers, practitioners, that are all at the room in the same time. Mm -hmm. We have all the tables in the same room together. Mm -hmm. And so the space is very quiet but there has evolved this very beautiful energy amongst the healers that takes place so that everybody knows where they need to be when it's their turn to be working over the veteran. Mm -hmm. Now, you asked a more specific question than what it is that we're doing. Most veterans, and I've been working with veterans now for um, over 10 years, and I've been working with them professionally. Um, as well with two major uh, nationally known nonprofits and their veterans programs. Mm -hmm. And so what I've learned is that many of the veterans had experienced trauma before the military. Mm -hmm. Then you go into the military and Basic training is meant to strip away mm -hmm. your personal identity to a degree mm -hmm. and that you now are part of a group. Mm -hmm. You're part of a brotherhood, sisterhood, um, you know, that has to happen in order for them to be effective as a military. Mm -hmm. The issue is when they come out of the military there are lots of services available. What doesn't happen is that decompression, the demilitarization, uh -huh. I guess, of their thought process. Mm -hmm. If they've been in combat, especially, mm -hmm. um, de and depending on where they were stationed, what they were doing, you know, what their role was, and so on, and coming back into our this society again, coming back into normal society, if you want to call it that, 
you know, getting in their vehicle, getting on the freeway, um, you know, that becomes, the freeway becomes a danger zone. Mm -hmm. That becomes, um, you know, kind of a, a, a place that's got bombs ready to <laughs> blow off, mm -hmm. not figuratively, but or right. literally, but figuratively right. speaking. And maybe their home life with little kids that are, you know, got little kid energy and they're running around and they're screeching and they're squealing and things are dropping and crashing and just that kind of thing that happens normally when mm -hmm. you have children around can, can begin to trigger. Mm -hmm. Smells can trigger them. Sounds can trigger them. Sights can trigger them. If you're a female that has experienced military sexual trauma, uh, bring, being around men uh, or a lot of men or any man can be triggering. Mm. And so any trauma that they may have experienced earlier in their life gets maximized uh, in the military, and then they have no way to rid themselves of the um, hyper-attentiveness, mm -hmm. um, hyper-vigilance. Um, you know, now they've got other things that are happening that are creating insomnia, um, causing problems within their relationship, their family dynamic. And uh, it can be it can be difficult just mm. coming back into that, and that's what's missing. Mm. So, what role do we play? Is we are giving them well, a couple of things. First of all, most of our pra uh, practitioners are civilians. Um, I would say all of them are. I mean, I've got one, one veteran who has done a ton of work on himself mm -hmm. um, that's required before they're able to work with other mm -hmm. veterans mm -hmm. um, so they're civilians so it creates a space where veterans and civilians can interact mm -hmm. and learn from each other it gives the veteran an opportunity to experience alternative modalities of healing that maybe they've never heard of, like Reiki, mm -hmm. or maybe they don't have the money for, like massage. Mm -hmm. they, they might decide that. Or um, they just didn't know how to find it or get to it or, you know, find mm -hmm. a practitioner or, you know, or maybe they maybe they've got a thing about needles and so or people touching them. Yeah, you know, or people touching them. And um, so there's a lot of a lot of reasons why they may not have experienced some of the things that we offer. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they're not able to experience as often as they like. So with our protocol, they don't just get invited into this big scary room with a bunch of strangers mm -hmm. okay we have again a protocol mm -hmm. so they're slowly but surely depressurized de if you will from coming in from driving on the freeway mm -hmm. and 
offered a safe space um, in intake, in the intake experience where they actually get introduced to aromatherapy. Mm. We do a little stretching. Um, you know, we do uh, some tapping. Mm -hmm. So all of this is meant to decompress them coming in mm -hmm. from outside. Mm -hmm. And to have a kind of relaxed atmosphere because they go through intake with two to four other people at the mm -hmm. same time. They're all veterans, right? Mm -hmm. Plus the civilians that are taking them through the intake process. Mm -hmm. So they get to laugh a little bit. They get to relax. They get to chat with each other and so on and so forth. So veterans love being in community with other veterans. Mm -hmm. So they get a little bit of that mm -hmm. along with some you know, some baby steps into the healing process. Mm -hmm. So when they're finished, they're actually um, escorted, if you will, or guided into the room where all the, where all the massage tables are, where the lights are low, and we have soft music playing. Um, specifically music that's not going to create a distraction mm -hmm. and um, we allow them to choose their table mm -hmm. and so the practitioner every practitioner is behind a table and we're just waiting mm -hmm. and so they get to choose because in the military all their decisions are made for them mm -hmm. and this is something it they get they get to feel like I have a choice with everything that's going to happen mm -hmm. with this experience. Um, nice. And so once they get in the t on the table, they don't move after that. It's all clothes on. Mm -hmm. And so they will experience uh, uh, medical qigong, energy work uh, like Reiki or other, you know, healing touch, other things. Um, massage therapy, and if we need to, the massage therapist and the energy worker can work together, but everything else is separate. Okay. Um, but our, our practitioners all know when it's ready, mm -hmm. and it's seamless. It sounds weird, how can that happen, mm -hmm. but that's the way it happens. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when it's time for the chiropractor, if we have a chiropractor, and then um, the actor acupuncturist is always last obviously mm -hmm. and then we do more uh, qigong after the acupuncturist removes the needles and so when they're done um, it is not unusual to have somebody come out of that experience going wow I fell asleep mm -hmm. they can't sleep mm -hmm. okay but they have slept mm -hmm. through that whole thing and it's like, oh, no, you know, I slept. I wasn't, I didn't stay awake. It's like, no, that's what your body needed. And, you know, that shows that something worked. Mm -hmm. I have had Vietnam veterans especially mm. will come out of that. They come to me thanking me, tears in their eyes. Mm -hmm. I've had... People, I had a person say, I didn't think that I deserved to be touched. Oh. That's still, it's hard for yeah. me not to, like, inside. Mm -hmm. 
because of the treatment that they received when they came home, mm. you know, after the Vietnam War, after they were in Vietnam. And so this is their first time of experience, anything even close to mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. I've got another, I've got an example. I've got more than one example, but here's one that I feel like was, you know, pretty big. He was a veteran in his 40s. Quite frankly, I don't know what happened to him, but he was injured enough to, to use a cane. And when I first met him, he had a beard down to here. His hair was long, nothing wrong with that, but it, but he was very unkempt looking. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was clean, but he was unkempt. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, walking like an old man, and he was in his 40s. And now, mind you, we never offered the, the vet trip sessions more than twice a month and for a long time we were only doing them once a month mm. and I think he might have been a once a monther but the experience that they were getting is was magnified because of the way that we deliver mm. our service mm -hmm. um, we aren't doing an, a one-hour massage we're not doing a chiropractic treatment like you would go if you went to a, a chiropractic doctor. It's not you all know. pieced. Yeah. Pieced. It's like, it's like we're doing, each practitioner is doing 20% of what they would normally do. Mm. But it's being integrated together mm. and it magnifies mm -hmm. beyond 100%. Mm -hmm. Um, so where they might only get, uh, you know, a 20% result out of this treatment and a 20% out of that treatment with the 20% of the time that they give with the, on the table that they're receiving that day with everything together. I don't know if I'm making any sense, but that integrated delivery of all of these modalities is what's making the difference. Mm -hmm. So... He's this guy that's coming once a month, but he's coming regularly. He started up at Camp Hope, mm -hmm. and um, he continued. He continued on that for I'm gonna guess for you know close to a year. I mean, we allow them to have six sessions at no charge. Okay. After that, we ask for a donation. Mm -hmm. um, but they get six of these treatments, and. He came to um, our next level, uh, which is, you know, something a little bit different than the vet trip, the, he the healing stuff. Okay. It's uh, uh, nutrition, supplementation, uh, meditation. They get, a they get like a four hour and they all come at once at the same time. Trying to help them build a practice. Uh -huh, exactly. It's not just by like offering you this free mm -hmm. and like bye-bye. Yeah. No, we're introducing slowly but surely. Okay, here's a new concept. Mm -hmm. You experience and you learn by how, what what the results were for you. Mm -hmm. And so the results were for this guy. He came to one of my next level sessions. Mm -hmm. And when I saw him, I hadn't seen him for a few months. The guy was walking upright without a oh, cane, wow. smiling, 
hair trimmed, cut, <laughs> beard. I can't remember if the beard was trimmed really close or shaven mm-hmm. all the way. But I'm going, oh, my God. And then he came to um, the, he sat in on my uh, breath meditation mm-hmm. uh, piece, mm-hmm. if you will. And he already knew the language mm-hmm. that I was using. Mm-hmm. I wasn't having to explain it. I said, what's going on with you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, what's happened? Well, here's his story in a nutshell. When he first came to us, he was off a really bad time in his life. He said, uh, getting drunk, passing out in a ditch, mm-hmm. um, you know, being arrested, being drug home, you know, laying on the couch, drugged up with multiple prescriptions, mm-hmm. you know, this is his words, laying on the couch, drooling. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where he started from when he first started coming to vet trip. Wow. Um, he said, vet trip, when I saw him that day, he said, vet trip changed my life. Mm-hmm. He turned, it turned me in a new direction, and he said it changed my dynamic with my family, you know, with the sleeplessness, mm-hmm. whatever it was he was experiencing, it shifted him. Mm-hmm. And he went on to go through a yoga teacher training. Oh, wow, even better. <laughs> O-M-G. Yeah. Yeah. And so I can't tell you how happy that makes me. Mm-hmm. That's why I do what I do, not to preach to the choir. Right. Like, I don't need somebody else's meditation Mm -hmm. class. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm talking about me personally. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to those classes, and I expect that somebody else that's set on a path, they're not shopping out. You know, I am looking for people that are suffering. Mm -hmm. And so my... My idea, you know, when I started the nonprofit, the New Millennium Project, is that I wanted to help veterans mm-hmm. in the same way that I'd helped corporate people. Yes. But I was triggered, if you will, but what I was seeing through the media and how they were coming back mm-hmm. and not being served in a way. I mean, there's lots of things that have happened as a result mm-hmm. of these um you know, Iraqi freedom, mm-hmm. um, you know, coming back home with the uh, with the um, uh, injuries that they've mm-hmm. received. Okay, it's called me- uh, caused medi- medicine to expand. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's other things that they need, mental health wise, and healing wise. Touch is the big thing, mm-hmm. and so. That's what I would hear back is like, there's no judgment when I come here Mm -hmm. because we're not talking to them. Right. We're not, I mean, with any kind of modality, we're not asking them to relate back to us, to talk with us. Nothing is required of them except to um, passively, if you will, receive Mm -hmm. what we are giving. And I can say that our circle of healers are purely um, giving with love Mm -hmm. and they feel that Mm -hmm. and they receive that 
And so it makes a difference as they move out of that space and they continue with their healing. Maybe they find themselves a massage therapist in their community mm -hmm. and they find, you know, another acupuncturist, but nobody can do what we do. Mm -hmm. um, I had one, uh, one of my long-termers, um, he, he, he'd had, he'd had a stroke um, I think is what had happened, but, you know, he used to walk all the time and, you know, walk really fast and walk, you know, long ways. And after that, you know, he, he, it wasn't so great. And he would come to a vet trip session and he said it was like the veil got lifted of, mm. of whatever was going on with him. Mm -hmm. And he was able to like go back. Now, it only lasted for a while. Like, mm -hmm. it would last for a few weeks. Oh, okay. Not even days, but yeah, weeks. Yeah. It would last for a few weeks. So he had decided, oh, it's the acupuncture that's mm -hmm. making the difference. He'd get acupuncture, and it was not lasting. That's interesting. Yeah. And so the acupuncture was good, and the acupuncture helped, mm -hmm. but it wasn't lasting as long as it did or as, um, uh, what's the word I want to use, like, um, kind of like overall, if you will. It wasn't, I, the only word I can come as complete, as completely, it was not, it wasn't feeling like he was getting the healing mm -hmm. uh, at the same depth. Mm -hmm. uh, so more of a negative, uh, it's it's kind of like you offer an experience. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's way beyond that. Yeah. It's like multifaceted and it's multi-level. And of course they don't get sent out on the street right after we're done either. They mm -hmm. go through an outtake process and we've got a little Qigong thing that we do with them in intake um, that they can take home and do on their own. And um, so so they're able to sleep better, they just feel better, their pain levels go on, mm -hmm. down. That's our big thing, is taking down their pain and stress. Mm -hmm. And so we, we want to know that it's come down to a certain level. If it hasn't, we'll work with them some more before they leave. Mm -hmm. um, but the feedback that we get is just so amazing. You know, yeah, so so yeah, it's an amazing program, and I hope that there's some listeners if, if they don't need that mm -hmm. service that they could uh share this with somebody who does. So, it's is it only available in Houston, or are you is there other um like groups that you've linked up with? You said San Antonio has something very similar. There's nobody else that's doing what we're doing. Okay. There isn't. I mean, I looked for a long time mm -hmm. um, beforehand, mm -hmm. um, and I just inadvertently, as I mentioned, got hooked up with the San Antonio people, but there was nobody that was... There were massage therapists out there that were giving, you know, free Fridays mm -hmm. to veterans or something like that, or chiropractors that give discounts mm -hmm. to veterans. But there was nobody that was integrating. Mm -hmm. But the other part of it is the container that you create, because, mm -hmm. you know, I've been, you know, in my younger years, been part of nonprofit activities and so on. Um, you know, a lot of them come with a lot of drama, and there's no drama 
in our, I mean, it's so, we're so focused on what we're doing. Mm -hmm. There's no time for pettiness. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I mean, walking into that space, I mean, it just really feels like, you know, a sacred space. Mm -hmm. You know, and we set up the energy and everything. You know, when we first when we first set up, we do a circle. Mm -hmm. You know, before we meet the veterans, before we invite them into that space. Um, so we really want, you know, the people that we're working with to be elevated mm -hmm. um, and ready to take on the the kind of energy that is happening in that room because. Mm -hmm. um, it, you know, you have to be able to process it mm. because, you know, a lot of these people have been through some really heavy stuff. Mm. Most definitely. Especially, you know, where I met you mm -hmm. in that location. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of traumatic injury, TBI, traumatic brain injuries, um, trauma to their physical mm -hmm. bodies um, you know the ones that we get typically with that trip have been you know I don't advertise mm -hmm. to just like you can't just walk in mm -hmm. so I might put it out there that they're in invite people to call me to mm -hmm. become a part of that circle but they can't just walk in mm -hmm. um, we typically get referrals through people at the VA here in oh, Houston okay. um, and therapists, mm -hmm. you know, mental health people. Mm -hmm. And so the individuals, it's not the, the, at the top of the VA that's, it's not administration mm -hmm. that is referring. It's, people that are working directly with the veterans mm -hmm. in a mental health capacity. Mm -hmm. And so they already, in their experience with this individual, know that they can uh, process what we're offering. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't want anybody triggering on the table. Right. And we have ways to deal with that if that happens, but that only happened once, and it happened mm -hmm. at that location. Mm -hmm. And we were able to stop it, nip it in the bud like that mm -hmm. in a moment. Mm -hmm. Like, we have techniques. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we're basically um, relying on those professionals to be a screening or a filtering mm -hmm. um, to bring in people that uh, they know can handle it, that they can be in a space with mm -hmm. strangers mm -hmm. or a big room, um, you know, that they can that they can uh, be okay with being on a table and being face mm -hmm. down with their back mm -hmm. to the room. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, yeah, we we rely on those professionals to be a resource um, 
to bring those people to us. And that also adds to our credibility mm -hmm. because they're getting the feedback from those veterans mm -hmm. as to how it's working for them. And that's the perfect um, symbiosis, if you will, is like we do what they we do, they do what they do, and when they go to get that work done, mm -hmm. they're more relaxed, mm -hmm. they're more ready to receive. Mm. I like how you use that ready to receive because mm -hmm. that, that was kind of like what I was leading up to next because some of the, the modalities or the integrations that you're talking about are very foreign to people and they may have some resistance when um, being introduced to those things. Mm -hmm. And um, especially like Reiki, Reiki is so new age or, mm -hmm. you know, um, even though, you know, you and I both know we've done it naturally with ourselves mm -hmm. since the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. And, um, but to try to explain it to somebody is mm -hmm. uh, a little bit, uh, is some, can be difficult, a, a concept for people to understand. Right. Um, so um, bringing some, some people into a space like that, um, I can see somebody being like, I don't know about this. This is kind of mm -hmm. weird. You know, mm -hmm. this isn't that, you know, uh, have all kinds of questions. So where would you direct um, people, like just to your website mm -hmm. or... Well, first of all, when they do when they do come, if they've been referred by another veteran, the other veteran will tell mm -hmm. them, and they're usually our best, even better advertisement. Mm -hmm. um, also, when they come through intake, we explain to them what's going to happen when they get on the table before they go in that room. So we tell them what it is they're going to receive, mm -hmm. and um, if they don't know what it is, or they ask, we explain to them what it is. Mm -hmm. um, and if, if anything that the veteran says, you know what, uh, I'm really phobic around needles. I really don't want acupuncture mm -hmm. or Reiki. I, I, I don't want that. Mm -hmm. um, they don't have to have it, mm -hmm. period. Anything that they don't want, they are in charge of their body. We let them know that. You are in charge on the table. You are in charge mm -hmm. on the table. Mm-hmm. And if there's anything you don't want, let us know. So, uh, yes, um, I've got a website, newmillenniumproject.org. So it's totally mm -hmm. spelled out. Mm -hmm. um, so we go into a little more detail than maybe what I do here. But, you know, I've got some pictures on there so they can kind of see. Um, I need more pictures, but there's pictures on there so they and can And you're still see. doing it once a month? or Not right now. Uh-huh. Um, we've been on pause since the, um, since the pandemic and, um, I'm sad about that, but, mm -hmm. uh, that's not something that I have decided. Mm -hmm. Um, if it were left up to me, I would, mm -hmm. um, there are two other entities that determine that one is Vetrip in San Antonio. Mm -hmm. And they've got a doctor and a lawyer on their board. So we don't want to be sued, mm -hmm. and we don't want anybody to get sick. Mm -hmm. So that's our foremost thing. Here in Houston, I might move forward with New Millennium Project if the VA is okay with it, if mm -hmm. their guidelines are such. 
a lot of the veterans that are coming to us are coming through referrals through that. Now, there are people, there are peer, there are veteran peers. They're veterans and that's why they're peers. Mm -hmm. And so they work with the other vet. That's like a job. That's a position. That's mm -hmm. a training. That's a certification. Mm -hmm. And so I have a couple of those people that I work with. And so they have the ability, they have the authority to uh, take uh, a certain number of veterans to different events. I have two events that I have scheduled, vet trip events mm -hmm. scheduled at a uh, not too far away retreat center. Mm -hmm. And it's big enough that if I keep the numbers right, they won't be the same numbers that we've been used to. Like we would bring in like 26 mm -hmm. veterans in a day. Um, that will be reduced way down mm -hmm. but i just want to get back to it yes and so i've got it scheduled for uh november and december okay. to do a couple of these and it'll be done kind of like a hybrid of the of the healing thing and maybe the other the second stage thing mm -hmm. you know what where we may do a meditation together after as a group mm -hmm. or something like that maybe do a few qigong movements or mm -hmm. something um, but, uh, no, because the COVID and then the other, you know, have come up, um, because our veteran community are at risk because most of them, even if they're able to come in to see us and get on a table mm -hmm. and everything, most of them have stuff going on, mm -hmm. other health, you know, comorbidity. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the people that are able to put people on a van and bring them to oh, us. Okay, okay. It will have to be at a certain level. Mm -hmm. Everybody will have to wear masks. So I follow their directive. I gotcha. So I might be willing, you know, to have, you know, because I know it's in a big space and everybody's going to be spaced out and I'm going to have the numbers reduced and so on mm -hmm. and so forth. But if they say only five people can get in that van, that's mm -hmm. what we're going to work with. But I figure something is better than nothing. I just feel yeah. like we have to get back mm -hmm. to I, doing I'm just something. talking about it. I'm, I'm <clears throat> like pinging several different people that, um, I, as a matter of fact, I sent one yesterday, um, your information about just the program period. Okay. Um, Okay, well, that, that's good information. I, I can tell you're very passionate about it. I and am. It's, there's been a lot of help. I, I mean, just mm. when you see the progress in people, and I, I totally understand, like, you know that that's needed in the community, um, that it needs to continue, and you feel that. So mm. hopefully something will kind of push through. Um, I did notice that you have a couple of other um, not related to your... Um, your nonprofit, but just your own um, workshops coming up. Right. Um, could you talk a little bit about those? I don't want to. I don't want to make the the podcast too long, but um, yeah, you have so much quick. stuff. <laughs> you have so much stuff going on that I'm just like, oh, I need to tell everybody about this stuff. <laughs> well, you can cut me off anytime. <laughs> um, yeah, I've I have a um, 
you could call it a retreat day mm -hmm. um, at um, Golden Hill Retreat in Cold Spring. And that's coming up on November, or I mean October 17th. And so that'll begin like at 9.30 in the morning, go till 6, and lunch will be included, and it's vegan, and it's all just really wonderful, really wonderful environment there. Nice, big, beautiful hall. Um, so it's going to be really an intensive, a kundalini yoga intensive. And so the direction with that is to raise the kundalini and to, um, you know, expand the energy, if you will, to, mm -hmm. to generate that energy. So uh, anybody can come um, and, you know, they'll, they'll be met where they're at. So they don't need to be concerned about not having any experience with mm -hmm. it. But I think they're going to... Um, you know, they'll learn a lot. They'll have a, a real good uh, immersion into what Kundalini mm -hmm. is really about. And I'm bringing my gong in, so there'll be a little Yay. bit of gonging going on. And so it'll obviously be an integration of movement, breath, and um, meditation. Mm -hmm. So that is happening. And then I've got a Reiki training coming up. I think, I hope I don't say this wrong. I think it's it's the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. I think it's the 23rd and 24th of October. Mm -hmm. And so that's a level one and two. I always teach one and two together. And for anybody that does not know what Reiki is, I've found that simpler is better. It is hands-on, Jap it's Japanese-style hands-on healing. Mm -hmm. I've used all kinds of explanations and that is the best one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to ask you that earlier because everybody's like, yeah, everybody has different, because even the word energy has so many different explanations for it that it, it drives me crazy. I've discovered that anything that is Eastern, Far Eastern, <laughs> that everybody's okay with, like, honestly, <laughs> if I if I make it anything else, mm -hmm. Um, it's like, well, I don't know about that. You know, mm -hmm. where does this come from? You know, if I say Japanese style hands on healing, it's just like, wow. You know, it's like, okay. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's, it, uh, we've talked about like marketing and stuff before, but yes, it's, uh, simpler is better. Um, just being open. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love that you're doing, um, like kind of whole day retreats because even I have kind of with, with the way the world is going and people wanting to be at home more, mm -hmm. um, taking a period of time and having an immersion is, mm -hmm. uh, seems to be more effective, I yeah. think, because they're learning a little bit more, um, and then they can integrate that into their a living practice that they're doing at home. Right. And I think that's where the real, the magic happens is when, when you start to do things for yourself. Right. Uh, and you're giving yourself that time. Um, we both know people that come to classes, they, they like that energy, but until you can make that decision for yourself mm -hmm. to make those changes in your life. Right. And, yeah, I'm great at doing handouts, and I've already created a, 
I don't want to call it a workbook, but it'll be a several-page handout of everything that we do that weekend, mm -hmm. um, all the practices, mm -hmm. all the breath meditation, all the yoga, everything is spelled out so they can actually, if there's something that they really liked, um, they can take it home and they're going to have it spelled out. And nice. um, I like to be available to my students, um, um, like, I, I like questions. I like people to reach out. You know, mm -hmm. I, I appreciate that as someone who really didn't have mm. um, anybody really to reach out. You know, in the beginning, yes. it was all books, you know, and every once in a while, I'd go to a fire off retreat or something mm -hmm. like that or training. But uh, and back in the day, I will say, you know, there was very little informal yoga training. Mm. You know, mine was all firsthand, um, you know, learning and, you know, and, and I really wanted to do it right. So it's like I was just like going back to, you know, and taking, like I say, taking a lot of classes and mm -hmm. uh, just uh, and I haven't quit. You know, since the pandemic, I just keep, you know, there's other things I want to integrate into what I teach. And, mm -hmm. you know, even into my yoga, you know, I'm very, you know, now working with the veterans, I'm uh, more sensitive to trauma informed and, you know, proprioceptic, you know, experience mm -hmm. of, um, you know, slowness and touch and, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've tried to add it and going back, like you say, to the, to the roots, like keep digging, digging, mm -hmm. digging, you know, mm -hmm. back to, you know, where it all started and what was done and mm -hmm. how it was done and so on. So yeah, it doesn't stop. <laughs> yes. We'll keep adjusting. We'll keep moving uh, mm -hmm. so we can, we can help those. I feel like that's our responsibility as Absolutely. teachers. Is there anything else? I mean, I've, I've, I feel like we've covered a lot of what you're doing, but is there anything else that you felt like we didn't touch on that you would like to talk about? Well, no. I mean, for today's, uh, for today's yeah, we, exchange, we already blew your mind. You know, you know, I think. I mean, I loved it. I really appreciate your curiosity, your interest, your willingness to share with the larger community mm -hmm. and uh, sharing with. Uh, you know, the information from other people, you know, gathering people uh, from the larger community because this is a big town, but mm -hmm. in a lot of ways it's a small town and, uh, you know, it's kind of surprising what you can find when you start digging. So, yes. you know, very yes. cool. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> well, I'm going to post um, all her links um, in the show notes. I thank you all for listening to us and listening to Charlene. Thank and you. Hopefully, like I said, you can share this with people who um, you feel like can benefit from some of these practices or, or um, her nonprofit. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thank you for being here. Oh, You're a beautiful spirit. Thank you. Namaste. I so appreciate you. Namaste. Satnam. <laughs> thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Your support will help me to continue this work. Until next time, be love and namaste. Namaste.